Hey, Brad. How come we didn't get to be an anchorman? Oh, man. The arsonist has <laughs> oddly shaped feet. The arsonist. Oh, I love it. Do you ever listen to the Ron Burgundy podcast? I, I listened to one of them like when it first came out, and I don't, I don't even remember how, how it maybe it was like wasted. Are they good? Yeah, I gotta go back and listen. It's to hilarious. It. It's ridiculous. Okay. It's yeah. ridiculous and hilarious. I definitely hilarious. listened yeah. to it, but I can't. I can't remember what my take on it was. Yeah, there's some swings and misses, but a lot of hits. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, how's your lungs feeling after the cloud of smoke? Oh, how was Jesus. your New York cloud of smoke? Was it good, dude? It was intense. I mean, I don't know. Was it as orange out there where you are? The skies. Uh, I think because of like less light and stuff, like it, it was not as orange as some of the uh, the footage yeah. I was seeing out of New York. But it I, was I didn't know if it was real. an Instagram filter. It was no, real. no, dude, it was for real. Like it, I couldn't see the buildings like in the distance and stuff, and it was definitely orange. And like it smelled like a fucking fire outside. The yes, window. that I had for a couple days. Where it just smelled like there was a constant campfire. <laughs> My God. nose started running and shit. Oh, I had headaches, dude. Like, yeah. I mean, I've been, I've led a toxic lifestyle. And like, <laughs> so for me to get a headache from a fucking, from Canada of all places. Oh, just I've mad. had he- headaches in Canada before, but for other reasons. <laughs> you know what I kept thinking about when it was happening? Was well, the not the like the whole time. It was a thought I collected over a couple of days, but it was like, you know, I'm thinking, here we are, like we, this thing is happening. It's quite scary, you know, because um, it's the first time I've ever seen this image. I've never been in like a wildfire zone before and oh, stuff, yeah. and like, you know, until it actually happened, and you know this the sky is essentially like, you know, grayed out and you really, you know, the sun is out behind all this stuff and it just looks really strange. Um, I was like, you know, but lucky us as modern citizens of the earth to, to hear the news report, to know it's wildfires in Canada. And then, uh, you know, subsequently looking at radars and the radars being like, oh, okay, so this is going to be like this for two days. And albeit strange, we know it's going to pass and we know where it's coming from. Right. And I was thinking about like the ancient peoples, like like 1500 years ago, you're uh, a, yeah. a local Mayan prince or something, you know, and <laughs> you look up and you're like, ah, God. The sky, the gods have blotted out the sun. Yeah. The, the, the sky is dark. Yeah. Uh, why is this happening to us? You Let's know, kill a bunch of people. Yeah, like, <laughs> like we must sacrifice 50 children, 100 children today. Oh, God. And then, of course, they sacrifice 100 children and the cloud passes. Yeah. And he's like, I was right. <laughs> and then like the same time every year for like the next thousand years, like a thousand kids get right. murdered on the same day every year right. because it's the only way to keep 
keep the sun yeah. out. I mean, there may be something to that, you know, I don't know. Dude, I think there is. <laughs> I mean, I think these types of A's and B's make it sort of obvious why you look back into history and be like, what the fuck were people doing? Why, why would they do that to each other? It doesn't, yeah. And it's because, you know, I, I think this is one of the philosophical upsides to like whatever's going on with like, you know, globalization and stuff like that is like when you were stuck inside these little bubbles with only your brain and no answers, <laughs> God knows the fucking shit you could just come up with constantly. Uh. But when you actually like know what's going on, you know, like sure it sucks, but you can take a much more pragmatic right. <laughs> approach at the problem. Yeah, you, you, don't know? To, you don't have to slaughter anybody right away. Yeah. Like you don't have to slaughter anybody. That's <laughs> so, you know, we are we're we're advancing. You're saying the culture Listen, is going somewhere. I don't know what it. All it did was make me have that interesting thought. I I thought it was scary. I've been watching this Apple TV show called Extrapolations about the environmental collapse, and literally one of the episodes I watched, like two weeks before this shit happens, was about uh, this. Oh, really? You know, and like these kids who have to wear monitors when they go outside because of the air quality and like blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, and then you see it happen. It's like, oh, geez, this sucks. It's fucking creepy. But, uh, but here we are. It's a good reminder. Still talking, still That's interviewing sober. people. We had Emily Wolf on the program. Yes, from the great state of Texas. The great state of Texas. Let's say, <laughs> for Emily's sake, let's say the great city of Austin. Yeah. Texas, specifically. Exactly. Which we get into in this interview, the mm -hmm. history of Texas and Emily's history of Texas and Brad's love of brisket. Oh, God. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Texas brisket. Uh, Was it just like melt in your mouth? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, that's not how oh. excited you are. Dude, you can eat, like, I've had Texas brisket that you could eat with a fucking cheap plastic spoon. Yes. Oh, my God. Slow roasted. Is that, would that be one of your, like, I'm getting executed meals? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It would be, it would be my I'm getting executed meal. Wow. H hands down. Good for you. Okay. <laughs> Anybody from Texas listening to this, write into Brad. <laughs> Tell him where the best brisket is in the world. Oh, I've had it. I've had I've had the um I've had I think both of those places she mentions I've had brisket at. Okay. All right. Well, great talk with Emily. I just had the pleasure watching her play for about a month because we were on tour together. That's and fun. uh you know, from the first show. Is like, oh, cool. This is going to be great. You know, like if there's anybody I want to listen to fucking play for, you know, 40 minutes every night, this is, yeah. this is perfect. Uh, fucking ripper on guitar, you know, that's what stands out first. But then you start digging into the, the music and there's like real songwriter, real singer stuff, great songs, and a lot of diversity, as I talked about in the interview, just like, you know, you're listening to one song, you kind of feel like you're in the 70s or 80s. Then the next song, it's got like almost a dance feel. And then you're back into like real classic rock kind of stuff. And I don't know, it's all over the place, which is yeah. perfect for me and my ADHD brain, you know? Um, well, so I feel like, you know, if you're a singer-songwriter, 
you're almost stupid not to do that, you know, because it's like you have, you know, you have your voice and your message and it's going to be the same in every song. Yeah. You know, I've often thought, you know, there's been so many times, it's a lot of times bands get shit for it, which is like, I'm not going to get into that. But like, as a singer songwriter, I feel like you, you, that's the one thing you could do, you can do, is you can really experiment and get away with it and not lose your fan base. Because what most of the time, what they're, they're coming for is you. And like, that'll always be there. So. Oh, 100%. And, and it's true that bands take a lot of shit for it, but name me you know, a, a great album, a great like rock album that's not like genre specific, you know? Right. Yeah. Like you you buy like an old Metallica record, like you know what you want, right? You know what I mean? Like, or if I'm listening to Slayer or something like that, like, or if I'm listening to, you know, right. you get the idea. But like for for great rock bands, it's necessary. Right, I agree. It's, like, it's the only way, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and there aren't, great rock albums that are just 12 riff heavy beasts like all in a row you know what i mean like right. you need that diversity and all the great bands had it the beatles had it zeppelin had it yeah. you're listening to a zeppelin record and you're in like you know, you're in a, a majestic plane of Valhalla <laughs> one day and then you're like in a funk song the next you right. know like it's uh you need it to make those albums and the great artists know it. So I think Emily seems like doesn't even cognitively try to get there as much. It's just like based on like feeling and instinct and, yeah. and taste. Uh, so, you know, she's still yeah. young. Can't wait yeah. to see uh, she see got in her pocket coming up next. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We have a nice long chat with Emily. We should uh, start it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. I'm going to initiate recording in two, one, zero seconds. Initiate engagement. I'm glad we're all healthy. <laughs> Me too. We're um, healthy in the matrix. I do find it strange that 
this uh, website makes me pull my pants down every time we <laughs> come on to use it. Makes me cough. Me too. Oh. I was like, what's going on here? Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Emily, we like to be thorough. Yeah. Really Great. focus on quality around here, you know? Benny's so, very neurotic about his health. Yeah, you're. I, I'm actually, usually I, I de-louse people before they're allowed to be in here, like Shawshank style. So you actually lucked out this time. God, I'm, I feel so honored. Have you seen Shawshank Redemption recently by any chance? Not recently, but I have seen it. You have? I have, yeah. I'm starting to get concerned about the end. Like... I view that as like one of the perfect movies, you know, yeah. like, oh, like this movie is like pretty perfect. Like you can't mess it up. And then I'm watching it recently and I'm watching the last scene. And, you know, I'm, I'm not the most experienced person with like gigantic shit pipes, especially uh-huh. in ancient <laughs> old buildings. But I do have a strange feeling that making a perfect circle in top of a steel pipe big enough for a human to not only get in, but <laughs> climb through is going to take a little more than two strikes of a pipe with a rock. hundred percent. You know? I agree. Yeah. I've, I've struggled with that too, but you like, know, I need to go back and like, like, I, I just want to watch it again because yeah. you're right. And I'm like, is there something I'm missing? <laughs> Then, I mean, it's, you know, it's a Stephen King story. I guess you got to, you know. Yeah, you better suspend some disbelief. Yeah, you got to, you got (laughs) to suspend yourself a little just to get through it in general. Pet Cemetery, anyone? Yeah, dude, my favorite film. In reality, Andy Dufresne is dead (laughs) in the first like three days, right? So like there's no movie. There's no Shawshank. Red is just like, oh, some new fish got killed, whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Damn, dude. So that's the that's the pod, Shawshank Redemption. Let's dig into it. You said Pet Cemetery is your favorite movie? No, I was just like, I was totally kidding. Oh. That's like a joke I like to say when people are like, oh my God, have you seen Finding Nemo too? And I'm just like, my favorite film, dude. <laughs> Finding Nemo too is pretty good. I need to see that. I haven't seen that. But you um, have seen Pet Cemetery. Oh yeah, you know it. <laughs> it's a scary picture. It is scary. It's scary, but I like scary movies. Do you like you scary do. movies? Oh yeah. I don't really. Okay. Like I kind of get subjected to them often and I don't really find much joy in it. Uh I like like <laughs> gory. I like gory ones. You know, yeah. I think like I think like really funny like blood and gut stuff is like pretty Zombie. cool. Zombie movies? Zombies, fine. Because, you know, especially up until 28 Days Later when they were all like slow and and plotting. Right. I'm like, that's not very scary. Once full speed zombies came into the mix, you know, that (laughs) kind of messed me up a little. Um, No, but this actually just happened to me on the tour we were on, Emily. We are... uh, Somebody set up a movie night to go see The Evil Dead, the new Uh... Evil Dead. And I'm like, oh, I like Evil Deads. They're funny, you know, like mm-hmm. they, they're, they're kind of goofy and they have enough of that angle. So I'm like, all right, let's go. Everybody bails on the trip except me and Taylor Brown go out on a date <laughs> and we show up and I'm like five minutes into this thing. And I'm like, oh, it's not Sam Raimi. It's not goofy. 
this is just a horror movie. With just like blood and some mom getting possessed and killing her whole family and blah, blah, blah. I'm like 20 minutes into it. I'm like, all right, I can't wait for this fucking thing to be over. Like, <laughs> like what's going to happen that's going to surprise me? I'm like, all right, this person's dead now. Cool. They're a zombie now. Cool. Blah, blah, blah. And I just, I don't know. I guess I don't get much out of it. But I don't like roller coasters. I don't like, I'm not into thrills like that, you know? I, I think I have enough neur- neuroticies, neuroses. Mm-hmm. And then paranoia in my brain, like on a day-to-day basis that when it comes to my entertainment, I prefer fluff probably, you know? <laughs> I fully get that. These are the kind of movie reviews that I want to hear. Like ones that just like, <laughs> it's just no bullshit. It's like, yo, this is what it is. Peace. Like I would, <laughs> I would, I would, yes, this should be a segment on your podcast. Just movie Ooh, reviews. Really these movie reviews. That's a good idea. That yeah. is a good idea. <laughs> I do love films. Do love, what are your favorite horror films? Oh my God. Um, are we talking like old, old school style or like? Dude, my all time favorite horror movie is the original Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> That yeah, shit okay. is banging, <laughs> dude. I love that movie. And then there's a new, like semi-new movie that I forgot what it's called. Barbarian. Barbarian Whoa. was cool. Have What's you seen the that? vibe on Barbarian? No. Dude, it is so rad. It's like um, <laughs> it's like kind of campy, but also really jumpy. Which I that you know I don't know that you would like it if you don't like the jumpy jumpy stuff. means like the quick cuts and the, yeah, yeah but they yeah. like time it perfectly because you know like certain certain horror f- films these days it's like you dive in and and you just know when the jumpy stuff's gonna happen so it's mm. not that scary because like I don't right. know the formulas like figure out mm-hmm. right. But this one, I don't know. They drag out that little, they drag it out, and then I'm just shoveling popcorn in my mouth, and then just <laughs> boom, hit you. It's awesome. What's the basic concept? Wait, they're barbarians? So there's a house. Well, it's an Airbnb. Oh, um, I like that. I know, right? Because it's scary. Because like yeah. Airbnb is you stay on, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm feeling um, it, like excited about like, the next city on a tour, I'm like, let's see if we can find an Airbnb instead of oh, Holiday yeah. Inn Express. But um, and, and there's like a 50%, this is the best experience I've ever had, success <laughs> rate. And then a 50% like, oh, I might get murdered, success One, rate. Hu- yeah. Yes, 100% about that 50%. Yeah. But um, <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, so, okay, it's an Airbnb and this lady shows up and there's a guy, she like booked this Airbnb. She knocks on the door and there's a dude there already. And she's like, what the hell? Like, this is my Airbnb. Why are you in my Airbnb? And he was like, well, I, you know, we booked it at the same time, I guess. Total mishap. Let's like bunk together tonight, which yeah. is concerning <laughs> in itself. <laughs> that she was like, okay. Yeah, that's but, a good. Was yeah. it like, oh, sure, good idea. Or was she pensive about she it? She was super pensive, okay. which was good. Because it's right. like, you know, ladies, you got to watch out. If there's an yeah. Airbnb when there's a person already there, like mm-hmm. maybe don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, she was pensive, but she like was like, all right, it's like pouring rain out here. I need to have a room. So they hang out a bit and then they like hear noises in the basement and the dude, you think the dude's going to like murder her, but 
ends up, he goes down in the basement because there's like noises. And there's a barbarian down there. And you're like, <laughs> what is this? Like tied up? Like, like Dude, no, goonies? like running like, fucking oh, okay. loose. Like running free. <laughs> chaos, pure cool. chaos, dude. It is so good and That's fucking nuts. Like you, you should check it out. It's but so is good. it as good as... Conan Barbarian with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> no, I will say no. <laughs> different vibe. <laughs> Fully different vibe. And I'm but. assuming this wasn't in the Airbnb listing. In the basement, you will find a loose <laughs> barbarian. <laughs> Feed it three times a day. I got to check this out just because it sounds so randomly bizarre. Dude. It does, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt who is the owner of the Airbnb. And oh, he's like okay. in L.A. I, I, what I remember, I'm hoping I'm getting this right, but it's like he's like a, a TV writer or something who gets canceled. <laughs> Um, And then like goes back to his Airbnb that he owns and he's like, what the hell? What's going on here? Why are there like weird vibes? And then he goes down there and it's like, barbarian. You know, it's cool. You should check (laughs) it out. (laughs) That sounds fun. I would check that one out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Highly recommend. Yeah, even my wife is she's binging that Yellow Jackets right now. Oh yeah, that's fun. Oh um, yes, dude, I you love know, Yellow Jackets. And it's cool. It's definitely cool, but she's like she'll like sit down and binge like 3 episodes of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. not letting it sit in, just like I need to know, I need to know. Right. And then before I know it, like she's like, "Oh, I'm off to bed." <laughs> and I'm having like, you know, a literal hours long existential and philosophical crisis (laughs) that needs to be put to bed before I can go to bed, you see, you know? Yeah. So so past like 9, 30, 10, you throw me on like an 80s movie I've seen 150 times. I'm a happier clam than than unfolding mysteries for sure. To bring you down. You need need that like bring me down vibe. Well, it's like I could have, I have these nights 50% of the time without any outside influence. I do it to myself. (laughs) You know, so it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, oh, I just woke up in the morning. I got so much to do today. Let's go for it. Let me smoke a big blunt. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just doesn't make a lot of sense for, for, you know, my, my, uh, proactivity in life. Mm, I feel uh, you. If you, let me ask you this question. All okay. right. So somebody just walks up to you and they go, Emily Wolf. I love your insight on horror films. (laughs) I'm a producer. I'm Joseph Gordon-Levitt's older brother, (laughs) Bob Levitt. Here's $20 million. You can make your own horror film and you can cast it. So give me a general plot and you're... Two main characters and an oddball character. You can cast anyone you want. Oh my God. What a fucking question. I love it. Um, let's see. Okay. Let me do a quick fire. My my immediate gut thing is like touring because yeah. it's like so close right. to my entire being. But Gotta like write what you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> um Okay, so I feel like the plot would be I'm on tour with my band. Mm -hmm. So I don't know who would play me. Hopefully someone cool. I don't know. Um, Maybe somebody not cool. Who knows? But let's see. (laughs) 
Why I feel not? like I feel like you give me a Jodie Foster vibe sometimes, oh, but shit. we would need like seventies Foster though, like oh, or eighties Foster. She's too old for you now. <laughs> okay, eighties Foster. Eighties Foster. Okay. Um, and then the other character I feel would be like Chris Pine or something. <laughs> okay, <laughs> because Perfect. he kind of reminds me of my bass player Evan. Yeah. Oh yeah, I could see that. Um, similar and then, haircut. Yes. And then you want an oddball character. So I'm thinking Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> Bring him in. Jersey's <laughs> fine. Don't you want him in all your movies, regardless of what oh, it's yeah. about? I mean, dude, yes, dude. You don't see DeVito turn into horror often. This is, this uh. is a. Immediately, Hollywood will take note because they'll be like, oh, DeVito's in a horror picture with <laughs> 80s Jodie Foster. <laughs> Crazy. How sick would that be? But okay, so what I'm thinking is the plot would probably yeah. be we, um, somebody's like, hey, do you want to play a little secret show at this fucking thing? Mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm like, sure, let's do it. So we show up and it's just like madness. But we don't know it's madness until like halfway through the movie. Is you it know? like Saw style? Like like you go to play a show and before you know it, you're like locked in a basement or like more like... Dude, you know what? That's It's actually brilliant. a show and then just this crazy horror stuff happens. Is I it a setup? F- it's a setup. It's, it's a, setup. a setup. And you want to know DeVito something... Is DeVito setting you up? Oh, that is a good idea. Yes, I, DeVito's setting us up yeah. because his niece... Wants to be a musician. So what she does oh. is grab all these like bands on the road and then ends up cutting off their hands so she can like right. maybe use them as oh. her own. Okay, this is crazy. I didn't know that I was capable of this. So, so right. <laughs> so DeVito's niece is actually a big fan of yours. I don't know. If that, that. And then wants to bring you in to take pieces of you to create yes. her own musician. Musician. And she's got like animatronic Chuck E. Cheese style, like, you know, kind of dead musicians down there. Uh uh That's kind of cool. I don't know. I like that because that gives me kind of like a Texas chainsaw, like, like, let me wear your face kind of vibe, which is cool. (laughs) What a wild ass thing. (laughs) Do you get out? Do you get out at the end? How dark are we going here? I think, okay. Like she's got to get out. out. You she's got to right? get out. Come on. Okay, Jody. Jody Fosty, I say, gets out, and then everybody <laughs> right. else dies. Like that's what everyone. I think. And else. then Danny yeah. DeVito is like the hero at the end, and he's like, "Give me your leg up. Like I'll give you leg up. Stand on my back, and then you can get out the trap door, and then like free yourself. And then he like gets captured, and then that's it. Oh, okay. So he's the martyr right at the end. Yeah. His own niece kills his him. own niece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he has like a a rush of conscience where he's trying to get you out, and then she kills him too. And right. then what's cool about that is I'm kind of imagining your next album cover, which is you <laughs> standing tattered, on Danny DeVito's back, like holding a weapon, just covered in other people's blood. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I need to go back and redo the photo shoot because that is awesome. <laughs> well, if you need an art director next time, I know who to call. call I'll dude. set you up. I mean, we came up with this in five minutes. Imagine what we could do with a half hour Zoom, you know? Dude, anything. That's it would so be awesome. Amazing. Wow. All right. Well, that was fun. Uh, 
I had a the pet cemetery thing's funny you brought up because I went on a tour in 2019, which was by far the longest tour I had done with with having kids. Wow. It was like a six week tour. I'd been away from my kids for a month. The tour was in kind of a, you know, a little bit of a lull where, you know, you start to get depressed and feel weird. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, oh, we're going out. Like, let's go see a movie. I'm like, great, movie time. Works for me, (laughs) you know? And we're in like Iowa or something where you have to like take an Uber to the movie theater and, you know, whole deal. And uh, I'm trying to be like cool guy. Like, just like, yeah, whatever. We'll go see whatever. I don't care. Someone else pick. I take like a fucking gummy or something. I'm... (laughs) I'm just in it for like, I want popcorn. I want to zone out for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. And they take me to the new Pet Cemetery movie, <laughs> which unbeknownst to me, like the first 10 minutes is just murdering kids. Dude. You know, like so many dead kids in that movie. And then dead go zombie kids and this and that. My brain turns on me. I convince myself there's something weird going on at home because oh, I'm starting to get weird vibes. It's like the middle of the night. So I'm like, I can't call freak her out, you know, and like do this. I had to take like a 15 minute respite during the movie and just go play video games in the lobby just to to get my mind off it enough, you know? God, I bet. It's crazy how that kind of stuff sneaks up on you on the road. You know, it just happened to me like a few weeks ago. Really? Yeah. You know, well, we've been touring together. I had a very sober tour, you know, I was like, uh, being a very, very clean and sober guy in this run. And at the end of the Atlantic City show, you know, John uh, John Stolpe, our beautiful merch manager, mm-hmm. also a uh, stony baloney, <laughs> says he has like a big box of like uh, pot cookies. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm not smoking this tour, but like I'll, I'll, I'll have a nibble, you know, like we'll see what happens. And the same day, his wife who is a vegan baker, an amazing vegan baker. I don't know if you ate her treats. Oh my God, I did. And they were out of control. I loved it. So in my head, I'm like, oh, she brought these pot cookies. Like in her batch of cooking, (laughs) she did some pot cookies as well and gave it to him for the road. I'm like, how nice. You know, so I'm like, it's a (laughs) reputable source and it's good. I eat a whole one. I'm just like, fuck it. Throwing, Throwing, you know, caution to the wind. We're sitting on the bus. They're making me watch John Wick, which is just fucking murder <laughs> porn. Like, I've never seen those movies before. And we're like halfway through the movie. And I look at the other people who had eaten some. And I'm like, are you guys like really high? Like, <laughs> like almost like too high? Like, like, how are you doing? And they both were like, no. But like in that, like, I'm way too high to answer kind of way. <laughs> And then I'm like, where did these even come from? And then I find out they were not from his wife, but they were from like a fan or something who gave like a tin of cookies. No. And I'm like, oh no. (laughs) So in the middle of this thing going south on me, I realize it's no longer from a reputable source. I convince my own stupid brain that these cookies are laced with fentanyl. Oh, I no. took the most out of anyone. I'm the, the lab rat. And oh, here we no. go. I'm like, I get to that. I go dark so fast. My my legs are shaking. No. I, I'm looking at pictures of my kids. I'm like, oh, at least we had a good last day, you know? And 
<laughs> you know, and in this whole mental process of trying to reconvince myself, it's just weed. Oh, You're feeling a little strange. You're gonna wake up. Don't worry about it. You know. Oh my god! Ugh. Just that happened to me after so the Atlantic gnarly. City show. <laughs> on the bus oh watching god. John Wick, and then Ian, you know, Ian, who's always sober, he sees me. He's like, "Bruv, you're not good, are you? You know, bruv." Yeah. And I'm like, "Bruv, I am not good." And he's like, "He's like, come on, come on." It's like, we're putting on grandma's boy. We're putting on grandma's boy. Oh, and he, yeah. So dude. he helped me out. He took off John Wick, which helped a little. Put on grandma's boy. I eventually got tired, went to sleep. Of course, woke up. But these days, I don't know. Isn't there fentanyl and everything? Dude, it like, really seems like it. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it was, that's when, like, even when you know you're having a fit of paranoia, that, like... There is like a slight shred of truth to your paranoia that it could be true. You know, that's when it's when it's even worse. But have you ever had anything go south on you like that? Oh, man. What's what's your history with uh, with drugs and fun stuff like that? Oh, dude. Um, (laughs) I, I, you know, I never got super into drugs, but I did drink so much. I think I drank the entire world when I was in my early 20s. Okay. I've been sober for eight years, but yes, I loved some alcohol, dude. It was my favorite thing in the world. Um, But yeah, it's like, I mean, let me think. I feel like every night was just like nutso. Um, What's the craziest, like non-embarrassing drunk thing that happened to you in those years or in your college in these times (laughs) i had actually the most embarrassing yeah lay it on us yeah oh my god you know what the most embarrassing thing i would say and it does get a little dark so like but anyway come on lay it on me (laughs) okay we we started with danny devito murdering people so (laughs) yeah i think this this pod this is an open road, you know? Like, we, 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 got, we got no directions here. Okay, so <laughs> I, had, I had, you know, I didn't really start drinking until I was out of college. So maybe it was like the last year of college. But um, basically, I got hired to play this person's wedding. <laughs> okay. And uh, I was like, oh, my God, I love weddings. Let's do it. So I was, I was just like, let's go. And so hired me, I get there, you know, I was pretty drunk by the time I got there, just for really no reason. I was just like, let's fucking go. It's weddings. What was your, what was your go-to beverage in those days? Oh man. Um, it shifted. So it was at the, by the end, it was like tequila, like just straight. Um, and so Anyway, so I get there and I have all my stuff, like my little PA system. And they were like, we want you to play this Sam Smith song. So like, just play it and it'll be great while I walk down the aisle. I'm like, tight. And so in my <laughs> in my drunk brain, I was like, I don't need to practice. Yeah. <laughs> totally not true. Easy. But uh, Sam Smith. Easy. Sam Smith, whatever. I know yeah. the words by heart, <laughs> even though I've never heard the fucking song. But so like... You know, I get there and like, I was like, oh, there's an open bar. So I look over and I'm like, yo, can I have two tequila sunrises? 
Yes. And this please. is at like like 5 p.m. or whatever. And so sure. I was just like, bam, bam, bam. I get up to my mic and I sang the wrong Sam Smith song. <laughs> 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 While this woman <laughs> walked down the aisle. Oh, no. <laughs> and then I ended up like getting cut off by the DJ. So luckily he saved me. <laughs> but I'm telling you, like, it's good for the entire world that I don't drink anymore. <laughs> so. Wait, 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 wait. Go wow. back. So yes. you're in the middle of singing the wrong song and the DJ cut you off or they let you finish? Correct. <laughs> like oh. I I was in the middle. And like I don't know. Like the thing is, I don't really remember much, but sure. I do know at the yeah. end that they were like, right yo, answer. we're not going to pay you. And I was like, tight. You're like, fine. Sorry, fine. I fucked up your wedding. Peace. But yeah, I don't. Were, I these, don't were these friends? <laughs> no, dude. No, this was a hired gig. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I, uh, I, I. Yeah, I've struggled with that entire day for a long time. But at the forgive you know, yourself. Forgive yourself. Okay. It's I, important. I'll try. I'll you try. should. You should. And this it, was like forever. I mean, this was what? I was 23, I think. So like I'm 30. That was 10 years ago. But uh that is probably the most embarrassing thing I've ever done. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty good. Other than, you know, one time I did, um, I did Actually, on this last tour, I was sober. I, I'm sober, obviously, but like yeah. there was a moment in where were we? Connecticut, I think. Mm-hmm. And my drummer hit <laughs> hit this one um, sub drop pad, and something about that man made me pee my pants a little bit, and so ah. I did that. <laughs> And that's embarrassing sober. So I don't know. You know, there's a lot of things in life that are embarrassing, but you just keep moving forward. Yeah. I think the trick is to, you got, you got to move past it, right? You yeah. Know? Why not? Those people are probably not even married anymore, you know, statistically. We'll like, see. I, you, I should you know. find out, but I honestly don't remember your, their names. <laughs> 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 but I'm going to choose to believe you that they're not and I they don't remember me either. So yeah. <laughs> they were... So were you, you weren't hired to like be the wedding band. No, 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 no. Okay. It was just the one song like... <laughs> The one thing I had one job. <laughs> so, what song did you play? I don't know. I think it was. Oh, oh, you you know what it was? So, like, it was probably the worst Sam Smith song I could have played for them while she walked down the aisle. But it was like, I know I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> What's the context? Tell me, it's not a breakup song. It is, dude. Oh yes. <laughs> Totally, totes not married. Oh Come my on, God. That's, that's, <laughs> that's some insane shit, though. Now that I say it out loud, but um. I wonder too. What do you think the bride or the groom was more the impetus in hiring you? I think it was the bride because they got blamed for sure. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah, the group yeah. was like, well, you are the one who hired the drunk fucking wedding singer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I love it. But is, yeah, that the- your only, is that your only wedding playing? Your one for no. one? Or have you gotten to... Luckily, uh, no. I've gotten to make amends, which is great. Okay. I played my wife's sister's wedding 
in LA, which was great. You did a little rehearse for that one? (laughs) Did a rehearse and (laughs) (laughs) yes, I did. It was great. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I I love weddings. I love going to weddings. Um, So yeah, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm proud to say I'm no longer a um, person who mess up mess up weddings. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine you as uh, what was it? Love hurts from Adam Sandler singing it in the Wedding Singer, all drunk. That's what I'm imagining right now. It was probably yeah. That's probably what it looked like. I love it. What was, um, if you don't mind talking about it, like what was the process for you of getting sober? Like, did you, did you go through groups? Did you do it yourself? Man, I went to rehab. Um, yeah, yeah, full on dude. And how old uh, were you when you did that? I was 24. So it was pretty soon after that wedding. Was it like, um, intervention-ish or you pulled yourself in? Like how did that... Yeah, it was intervention-y. Um, wow. My wife and then a couple of my close friends were like, hey, uh, you've putting yourself in the hospital for, you know, a, a lot. Like, you need to, like, we got to draw kind of a line in the sand. And, like, mm-hmm. I think the thing that really got to me for that and the thing that worked for me and then, like, kept me sober was my wife saying, like, hey, I can't be with you if, you know, unless you stop drinking. And so I was like, well, here we go. I'll go to rehab. <laughs> like wow. that's, yeah, it's, I think, I don't know, you know, when you just like find the person you're supposed to be with forever and then realize that you're hurting them, it's like the thing that, that changes things. Yeah. Especially, yeah. That'll give you some motivation for sure. Totally. Did but you yeah. no- notice any kind of like, uh, an A and B for you musically, like from a, like a perspective things were coming from when you were still drinking to like, when you didn't, did it take kind of like a, a reset of your musical brain afterwards? It did. It did. It was kind of wild. Like when I was drinking, I was doing a lot of super acoustic, like super like depressing kind of songs. And, you know, they, they were good songs. I was proud of them. But sure. after getting sober, I was, I got re I, I, I learned about this thing in rehab called cross addiction where it's like, you know, there's something else that you have to put your, your, your brain into. And so for me, it was guitar pedals and I just oh. got really addicted to pedals. And so I started playing electric more and, and just got really into like the, the aggressive nature of rock and cool. Um, yeah. And so now that's like, that's been my thing for a while. And um, I think that's maybe why I kind of have like a little bit of a hesitation towards playing acoustic stuff is that it oh. just reminds me of my, my past, but I'm getting better. I'm getting, you know, more used to acoustic stuff, but um, and we like forced you to play acoustic. On <laughs> Sorry about that. I didn't realize yeah. the implications. <laughs> no, no, no. The thing is like, it's cool because when you meet people like, you know, like yourself and, and Brian and the rest of the crew, it's like, I'll make new memories with acoustic stuff right. because it reminds me of Gaslight Anthem. And it's like, it, I think that's great. Like those kinds of evolutionary um, times are 
much needed for mm. growth, you know? How about like your ear? Like, did it change like even what you like to listen to? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got really into like, just, just like, old. like I got really into Rush and like yeah. just <laughs> Judas Priest, like old fucking classic shit. Yeah. And like, before then, you know, I mean, I always kind of like looked at that music as like, oh, that's my dad's music. But now I'm like, fuck, he knew what the fuck was up. Yeah. Like, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now me and my dad like just talk all the time about like, I don't know, just like credence and um, shit that he loves. And I'm like, yeah, Black Sabbath. Like, and he's like, he gives me the look like, you like what? When, since when do you like them? I'm like, oh, yeah, nice. that shit's awesome. And so, so you used to re- you used to kind of like reject stuff like that. Well, I didn't necessarily reject it. It was more of like a oh, this is on again. Like my dad's right, got his right, shit right, on right, again. Right, right. But then I I just kind of ha- like having a clear mind and having this kind of new lease on life. I was like really appreciating the things that came with music in that era. Like there's just so much (sighs) musicality that you don't really find in popular music today. And and it's, it's like just raw talent and like the lyrics are just so great. And the hooks come right off the bat, unless it's rush obviously, but like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) um, Yeah. I don't know. It was just like rock is really what I gravitated towards after getting sober. Yeah. I love that Rush was the first because Rush is not good drunk music. <laughs> like you know, it's yeah. confusing. <laughs> yeah, this is like ah, oh, this is hurting my brain when you're yeah. drunk. It's too much, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is, but it's so cool and it's just like interesting, you know. Yeah. yeah, I know a lot of people who you know obviously struggle one way or the other with different addictions or sobriety, especially on tour. Mm-hmm. You've been doing it so long. Could, do you have any like, you know, useful uh, tips or suggestions or things that work for you for like, you know, keeping yourself in the right environment or keeping your head in the right place to to stay sober on tour? Yeah, I think it's interesting that it's interesting what comes with getting sober is like, especially when you have the right people around you those people, you know, for for instance, like my bass player, Evan, and my wife, Brittany, are like my core people. So they're the, you know, they're my my support system and my friends. I would do anything for them. Um, And like, especially my bass player, like there's something about him where he gets so excited about (laughs) kind of the most basic things. Like, he's like, oh, dude, fucking front row parking at Outback. Like, holy shit. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) dude, you're right. This is dope. And so it's like... Just a bit of an optimist. Like, He's such an optimist and he's uh, such a positive spirit. And like, and I think that's the kind of thing that has really helped me because I don't know about you, but I, I mean, as an artist, I noticed like, you know, a lot of my friends and, and who are artists as well, or it's easy to get very in your head about what's around you. Mm. Like the, the mundane kind of nature of life can really get to you, like, especially me. And so having somebody to be like, 
dude, we should get fucking trail mix later. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so great. And it's like, yeah. oh my God. Like, I don't know. It's just having the reminder that Yeah, there are like, things- oh, trail mix is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> just like having the, having those little reminders and then like little moments on stage that really like, you know, if I'll throw in a harmony in a guitar solo while he's playing something and then I'll look over and he's like, dude, fucking, oh yeah. Like it's, he gets so jacked on it. And so those kinds of like little things add up over time for me to the point where it's like, it's, it's, it's almost more difficult to go into a negative headspace. Oh, wow. Um, So I think like having, having people around you is so important. Um, that and having the right people around the you. right people around you, yeah, is yeah. so important. And um, I don't know. I th- I think it's that's a huge thing for me. Um, and then also like having a routine. Uh, mm. It's tough on the road because it is very much like the entire day is like dedicated to okay, hour and a half tonight. Everything surrounding the day is is focused on that, and it's right. kind of all over the place and. You know, idle hands are dangerous for me, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I think having a routine. So it's like, you know, okay, we wake up, try and maybe do a little workout or whatever, uh, drive to the venue, put a podcast on, like, like having things like, okay, let's put Pod Save America on, then some soul music, then some fucking rush, or and then get there and eat, and then we do it. And it's like very, um, like very, very routine based. That yeah, helps. Yeah, kind of like regimented almost. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. Do you do the same thing on like, like what do you do on an off day? Oh my God, off days are so tough. Yeah. <laughs> so right. tough. Um, off days, we try and kind of like, we try and have uh, things to do. So like if we don't have to to use that day to drive to the next city and we're, if we're like already there, it's like, we'll look for, I don't know, like putt-putt courses or, um, yeah, that's like really fun. Yeah. Um, sometimes we'll just like go and shop or find like a, like a music shop or, or whatever. But I think like for me on off days, it's good to not be by myself. Um, But there are the times when, you know, being by yourself is like very needed on the road. Sure, sure. Yeah. Do you find it uh, easier as time goes on or you still kind of have to diligently, you know, keep your head in the right place? It It's definitely gotten easier um, <clears throat> for sure because I think at this point, I mean, being eight years, it's like yeah. anytime I have trouble or I think like, God, it'd be really fucking awesome to just go take a drink right now. It's like, okay, well, you just spent, you know, you'd be you'd be flushing eight years of progress down the toilet, right? And you'd probably lose everything you have. So, yeah. what do you want more? Um, <laughs> Shit, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it gets easier in that way, and and the time frame of wanting to pick up a shot of tequila versus um, wanting to keep the incredible life that I have worked for the timing of like the decision between those has gotten really short. So it's like, um, at first it was like a mental 
<clears throat> kind of tug of war, but right now it's like, okay, give me five seconds and I'll be all right. <laughs> you know, that's cool. You know, what you can pop in your head for those moments too is, you know, since you started your sobriety and you're like, you know, early to mid twenties and now you're in your thirties, mm-hmm. like just, just trust a couple old dudes who are on this <laughs> podcast that your body can't handle it anymore. Either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or it can't honestly, handle yeah. it the same way, you know? I like, think you're probably like right. What used to recover in 12 hours takes about 36 <laughs> now, you know, if you like fitting into that nice pair of jeans, nope. No longer. You're <laughs> fucked. Like <laughs> That's good to know too. Yeah. I mean, I feel like at this point I'll eat a piece of pizza. Like last night we went and saw Louise Post play from okay. Peruca Salt. Um, oh yeah. Dude. Awesome. So ripping. So cool. She is out of control. Where great. did she play at? She played at this spot called The Parish um, on the east side of Austin. Okay. And it's nuts because like, they have been on the road and in Denver, their entire trailer got stolen. So like, I know dude, it's such a bummer, but all their shit, like the, the SGs that she played and all the Veruca salt stuff gone, like $40,000 of in-ear stuff out. Like what a gut punch. I know. But so my buddy Rob's playing drums with her and he hit me up and he's like, Hey, do you know of anybody that could like, help us out with with Gibson SGs. And I was like, dude, I've got an SG. Let me just go bring it. And so, yeah, yeah, like gave gave her one of my SGs that I just don't, I don't play because it just sits and I love 335s. But um, she was like, I got to meet her and it was fucking great. And, but anyway, like (laughs) after the show, I was like, I'm so hungry. So my wife and I went and got cheeseburgers and I woke up this morning feeling like I was going to fucking die. I was like, like, so like, yeah, I don't think my body could take anything like that anymore. Yeah. Especially knowing what I felt like this morning after a double cheeseburger. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And a bottle of tequila sits about twice as worse. (laughs) I I literally had two mozzarella sticks yesterday and I'm fucking feeling it. I feel, I feel like I woke up fatter. By eating two mozzarella sticks yesterday. It's it's a mess. (laughs) Did you have marinara? I I can't because of the reflux. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) It just gets worse and worse. Don't make me talk about myself. No one will listen to this anymore. (laughs) Like, Jesus Christ. I should be waking up every morning eating like half of a melon and drinking like herbal tea. And then, yeah, like it's... I'm I'm way past. I'm like the uh, oldest. You work it out, dude. You work it off. Huh? Yeah. You work it off. How do I You're work like it a- off? Sitting here chatting with people on the podcast? <laughs> you got to go chase your geese away. You know? Yeah. Those you fuckers. got geese? He's like I a did. farmer Well, they're not there. mine. Um, but they think... Uh, let's just say they, they have propriety over my land more than I do. They, <laughs> they lived here first, apparently, you know, and they... Uh, they like to show some dominance every once in a while and come sit on some things around my house. They're too tough for Benny. You know, you know what? I've He's come to the conclusion with geese that the biggest problem with them is that they're fucking stupid. Are they? And, and they're yeah. mean? Well, I think they're mean just because they don't remember what happened the day before. You know, so it's like <laughs> if it was a smarter animal, 
they would know like, oh, okay, this part of the yard's not cool. We'll <laughs> hang around here. You know, this is what this guy likes. We get some grass. He gets his space. Everyone's cool. But I'm no. almost certain that they don't remember from from instance to instance. Yeah. So like the one time, like you get nailed in the ass with a pine cone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I I don't think the next time they see me, they go, "Oh, that's pine cone guy." Like Dude. like don't fuck around. <laughs> I think they just don't know. You know, so I'm starting to blame a lot of their troubles on ignorance. Dude, they're, they're, they're fucking walking vegetables. You could, you could eat one, you could eat one and, and not feel bad about yourself. Okay. <laughs> I told you my biggest problem with the, so Emily, do you know Chuck Reagan? No, I don't. He, he sang for a band called hot water music. And now he's oh, a, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. a great solo artist who does a lot of stuff. He's also an outdoorsman and he, takes people on like fishing trips and, you know, owns a big piece of land. And I knew he had a pond. So when I started having my geese problem, uh, (laughs) I gave him a call. He's like, brother, it's like, I've tried everything. You know, Jill doesn't want me to kill him. So I tried this and this and this and this (laughs) and this. And I'm like, okay, these are some methods. It sounds right. He's like, but you know what I do? It's like, I shoot him. (laughs) <laughs> Damn, just full he, on. He huh? shoots him. He makes jerky out of him. Wow. Um, and and that's where I'm sitting there. I'm going, you know, like the idea of like shooting a goose, like fine. Okay. <laughs> Even though I'm, you know, a 30 year vegetarian, I can still, I can, I can internalize the concept of shooting a goose. I can internalize the concept of eating goose jerky. It's probably good, whatever. The thing is that the A to C that kind of bothers me there is like, what do I do with a dead fucking goose? (laughs) Dude. Like, you got to pull the bones out. How do you get the meat out of it? What do you do with all the extra shit? Like, like the the skin and the feathers and like, like just the sack of emptiness you deal with now. And then like, how do you dry it and store it? I'm like, there's such a, another level of. The skill and knowledge and things you need in order to process a goose into jerky, you know? So, a lot of blood, yeah. man. It sounds so, like a horror movie in its own right. Exactly. So I've taken to pine cones, <laughs> um, which do seemingly work sometimes, you know? They, they don't, but, but like I said, they, I'll come back, like we'll be gone for two days. I'll find one of them just on my deck, just shitting on my stuff, being like, yeah, fuck you, dude. God, that's so funny. No pine cones here for 48 hours. Fuck you. <laughs> this is my house now. <laughs> this is my house. What entitled bitches. I can't believe that. They are. They are. And, you know, but then I see them like, you know, on the side of the highway, there's like 30 of them basically hanging out around one like puddle, like not even a lake, like a puddle. <laughs> and I'm like, man, they're survivors though. They're kind of like rats. They're like bird rats, you know? Yeah. Like they know how to like, get by. So scrappy. Yeah, they're scrappy. I do have a bit of a an admiration for them. And then once a year, there's this little island in my pond. They make little gosling babies. Oh. Uh, and then sometimes the babies come around, and that's when I'm like, oh, they're parents. You know, <laughs> like I'm not gonna. Enjoy the grass, everyone, you know, and then sometimes <laughs> yeah. I get a little, you know, bleeding Emash. heart liberal about it and I just let them do their thing. So it's probably partially my fault, you know. 
I don't Man. know. I'm not trying to go at war with a species of animal, Emily. You know, this isn't fun for me. I love the full circle of this. It's just like, <laughs> at, at, at the top of it, it was like, fucking geese. And now it's like, yeah. but I You're love like, them. Oh, they're just geese. They're I just... can sense like the, the push and pull and the tug of war that you have with these geese. Like, it's a mental exercise. Yes. Yeah. It is. Um, you know what we should talk about? I have all this stuff. I'm like, oh, this is what Emily did as a kid and how she got into music. And mm -hmm. But, you know, other people have talked about it before and we they talked have. about other shit. So it's cool. Um, yeah. Let's talk about Texas a little. Okay. This is a strange place, as, as you know, as well as anybody. A very unique place yes. in America. And you moved there when you were, what, eight? I did. Yeah. So you, you, you I, I'm assuming like, so most of your cognitive memory of how things are is Texan. Correct. Yeah. So I realized something. So when we were in San Antonio on tour, I went to the Alamo because I'd never been. I found it to be kind of like white Christian murder porn. Like uh -huh. the way it was presented to me. It's one <laughs> totally. of the most whitewashed places I've ever seen. But 100%. interesting. And one of the things, you know, it led me on, I was like, wow, Texas like has not been part of America very long, you know? And yeah. like, I kind of realized like, cause I literally live in like the, the bosom of the revolutionary war. Like it all happens like right around where I live. So Everything in my concept of when this all started is, you know, the mid to late 1700s. And I'm doing like a little wormhole on Texas. And I'm like, wait, so they didn't join America until 1845 and then join the Confederacy in 1861. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. Texas was only actually like a willing participant in the American experiment for 16 years. Dude. And then it seems like they've kind of been out ever since. <laughs> right. <laughs> like Texas is fucking insanely weird. Like Austin, amazing. And that's right. why I live here. Like I still, you know, I'm I'm glad that if I have to be in Texas, which I don't, but my family's here. Um and So you moved to stuff. Austin when you were that age? Well, so I lived in a suburb of Austin called Cedar Park, which was like as a kid and I grew up um, there and went to high school there and it was just like, just the most fucking saltine cracker place in the entire world. It was just like <laughs> so white, no diversity, being gay was not a thing, you know, it was just like football, like fucking <laughs> and like just not my vibe. So I went to a small liberal college in Austin, like on South Congress and like moved to the to Austin proper. And like, that's really where like things clicked for me. Like I, I was like, this is where I was supposed to be. Um, so you kind of felt that restlessness, like in high school, like you yeah. knew that this wasn't your path or where exactly you wanted to be by then you think? For sure. Like, I was like, okay, I know, I don't really know what I want, but I know it's not this. Right, sure. <laughs> um, you know, every single house looks the same. Like, and granted, like my parents moved us there because the school district was great. And like, you know, my dad um, has worked forever in the grocery business and he retired now, but like it was, it was a great location to raise kids. Um, yeah. Sure. You know, as a little gay musician kid, 
not great for me emotionally, but (laughs) it was, um, you know, but... You understand why your parents... I did. It's safe. It's... For sure. It's pleasant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I probably would have... You know, if I had kids, I probably would have done the exact same thing, so... Sure, sure. Um, But, yeah, Texas... Like, Austin is, is almost this, like just totally like it's not Texas. I mean, you drive 30 minutes outside of Austin and it's like, you know, insane, like Trump signs, like, you know, marriage was made for one man and a woman and like, you know, just all that shit. And so it's very weird. And, you know, abortion is completely banned here. Yeah. Drag shows are, are banned here. It's like so weird. Um, and yeah, like it's it's funny that you say that about Texas history because Texas, for some reason, is like we can do it on our own. Like we don't need to be a part of anything. Like they wanted to to succeed right. or, or um, not be in the in the like what is it? It's succeed, right? Like succeed, yeah, yeah, succeed, yeah. yeah. yeah uh-huh. They wanted to do that, like even fairly recently. And yes. it's funny because like Texas has its own power grid, even. Yeah. So we have like these gnarly freezes, and people lose power for weeks at a time, and like it's because our our wires, like all of our our power lines, are not underground. We don't have the infrastructure for freezing weather. Right. (laughs) So it's like our power, like, it's just so funny that they're like, we can do it on our own, but we cannot do it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. I'm like, what is this Texas pride? It's freezing. Give us some federal help. I know. Like it's it's nuts, dude. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But anyway. (laughs) If, if, if let's say Texans, the, the succession movement was, actually happened. Yeah. And and Texas is no longer, you know, protected under the, you know, federal bill of rights and and you know, you, you no longer have and it has its a new constitution, the Texas constitution. Um you think you'd stay? No. You Fucking couldn't. At this no point you couldn't, right? Way, it would dude. be dangerous. It'd be dangerous, yeah. Yeah, it'd be dangerous. I feel like Austin as a whole would be like peace <laughs> we're right, out right. like all of us would just like pack up one fucking truck and we'll like, find some room for austin up in like the hudson valley or something it would be great yeah. well i've always thought of austin anyway as being like Ber- the berlin of texas like yeah we would just put an autobahn straight across the desert to austin and <laughs> they would wall it all, all wall it off that would be awesome like, that would just be awesome. literally become, you know, the Berlin of the 50s. That'd be awesome. Well, maybe that's the answer. So if, if Texas secedes, then Austin can secede from Texas. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe <laughs> you have a little... I would love that. There you go. You battle up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but even all that being said, I would be shocked if you didn't have any Texas pride. You probably do, right? I have Austin pride. Um, um okay. and and Texas pride I mean Texas has it's just it's just an unfortunate place like with the laws and everything. I mean the yeah. thing that I will say it has its its advantages like there's like that whole down home let me make you some mashed potatoes vibe, you know, which right. is great, but I, I, you know, and, but then there's a conversation like, so you're married to a woman? <laughs> Give me right, my mashed right. potatoes back. So it's like, um, right. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, 
I'm sure that, you know, if someone hears this podcast who uh, likes my music and likes Texas, um, I imagine that they will be upset with me that I say that, but I honestly like the laws here are just I mean, insane. Yeah, I don't think so because okay. of your situation. I mean, literally the laws that are being passed can affect you and your ability to live freely and your safety. Yeah. So it's like, how could anyone be like, no, fuck you for that? It's ridiculous. That's a good point. point. Um, Yeah. Well, also the fact that they seem to be being passed by a minority means that you're probably okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's the worst part about all of this shit is that most of this extreme bullshit is not being passed by is not supported by right. the majority of people, even in Texas. Yeah, that is good. And that's a good point. And and I, I don't mean to generalize because I know that, you know, everyone's their own person and everyone has their own beliefs minus, you know, what their Congress people are saying. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it is, I will say, oh my God, sorry about that. Did y'all hear that? I had a call no. come in and it was like Oh, a cool I thing. didn't. I thought you farted or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll dub in a I'll dub in a fart. It's like, I think you're good. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even remember what it was. Um that was probably scam likely. Um but uh I don't even remember. Well, I mean, what to I put Texas, say. let's since since you're worried about bad mouthing Texas, one of the yeah. one of the interesting things I always Cause you know, I, I grew up in like New York, New Jersey. And then, you know, of course, as Texans do, you know, we have our own thoughts about what Texas is like and what people, you know, mm-hmm. like you think you're just going to walk down there and, you know, someone on a horse is going to welcome you in. And then, <laughs> you know, like, um, but one thing I initially found about Texas was like, wait a minute, these people are kind of like New Yorkers. And like in the way, of course, take politics out of it, you know, uh, and like in the way that, you know, this whole like everything's bigger in Texas, we're Texans, Mm -hmm. the Lone Star State, like this kind of over the top gravitas to the place you are and sort of like a overblown self-importance kind of. Yeah. Um, Like. New York has it, and so does Texas. And they're the two most aggressive. <laughs> I like the way he- that Texans drive. You do? I do, because it reminds me of New York. I'm like, oh, yeah. good. These people are fucking actually trying to get somewhere. <laughs> you know, unlike I was just in Missouri, and I, I'm like, what the fuck was happening? Why are you all in slow motion? I kind of <laughs> like how amped up like Texans are, you know, in that way. Like, like come on, let's go. Dude, We're going somewhere. so amped up. Yeah. You know, and I kind of like, so what makes like, again, politics aside, what makes like a Texan a Texan? Like, like personality wise. Mm. Damn, that's a good question. You know, I think you are really correct with that observation because like New Yorkers have like, yes, they're aggressive and like fucking like, let's go. Like, let's try. We need to do shit. Like, like, come on. And, and Texans are the same way. But like, for some reason, I don't know who started it, but it's like everything's bigger here. Like, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's because we have so much space. Like it takes... 
it takes more than eight hours to get out of the state. So it's like right. crazy when I go up north that it's like, oh my God, it's been an hour and I'm already in a different state. This is crazy. But I guess what makes a Texan a Texan is this like, it's almost like a a consumption thing, I guess. Um, there's, there's this, okay, for instance, let me give you an example. There's this place in Texas called Bucky's, mm. and it's a massive gas station. It's yeah. basically a wall. Have you been to one? They got a Bucky's in South Carolina, Dude. not far from south of the border. I think it's like, if you don't want to go to south of the border anymore, you go to Bucky's and buy a T-shirt. Yeah. So, um, I'm I'm familiar with that one, but not one in Texas. Well, so I th- I'm pretty sure it started in Texas, but it's like this whole fucking thing. Like you go and you get your gas and people go there, like people go there on the weekends, like I guess for dates or something. I don't know. But the thing about Bucky's that people love, and I think that the thing about Bucky's that Texans love is that you can get anything you fucking want to get. So you walk in there, you could get a massive big gulp Diet Coke. You can get jerky, something called beaver nuggets, which is like... (laughs) Is that beaver testicles? (laughs) No, it's like, it's... Oh. It's it's like little like fucking popcorns, I guess. And they call them beaver nuggets and they're really good. You can get t-shirts, you can get coolers, like home decor. It's like everything you could ever want is at Bucky's. And yeah. so I think like Texans to me gravitate towards it because it's very like one-stop shop, get everything you can have. Like, so I would say the personality type of a Texan is like, I want to be as efficient as possible and get everything I want in as little time as fucking possible and then move on with my life. Yeah. And go home to my family. And which is very like, I mean, that sounds great, you know? Yeah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> but there is like, there's this like kind of tinge of like, um, like move out of my fucking way kind of thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like if you're not helping me get there, right. Get out of my way. Yeah. But on the other side of that, like there's, so there's that part of a Texan, but then there's also this huge heart, you know, like if somebody needs help on the side of the road, you're going right. to see people stop. And, and so it's like this kind of weird juxtaposition of, of like, I need to get what I want. I need to get it now and like quick and, and um like have my space and my, my needs fulfilled, but also like, I do want to take care of people. So there's like Southern hospitality still everywhere and it's very apparent, which is great. Um, You know, even I, there are even times when I, you know, go play a show in like a, a, a pretty small town in Texas or something. And, you know, there's a Republican straight, male and he's like not he doesn't believe what I do but he's you know I love your music and that's the kind of thing that I do like about 
Texas is there is so much difference between say an Austinite and like someone from Cedar Park where I grew up mm-hmm. to the point where there is so much of a gap in that personality type, but there's also that underlying kind of, you know, okay, you're a person like I'll, 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 you know, support you however you need. Like if I need to buy your merch, I'll buy your merch. Like, and so there is love there, but it's very covered up by, you know, I need my diet Cokes and my, my, my fucking gas and like get out of my way. Um, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's no, like does, my yeah. that's my take on what a Texan is like. Um, sure. And then you know, shorts and a, a tank, man, because it's like a hundred and seven out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> just to survive there. Yeah. Yeah, it's nuts hot here. <laughs> and what's your like all time favorite food that you can only find in Texas? Oh my god. Um. Damn, that's a good question. There's a the barbecue here is like really mm. insane. Yeah, um, I can imagine. Dude, oh, it's yeah. so good. Uh, it's the best brisket in the world. You can it, just it say is. it. Just say it. <laughs> it's the best brisket in the world. Like I will you back you up. Franklin's barbecue and that shit will yeah. just like destroy you with how good it is. And then oh, there's yeah. this other spot called Lambert's. And they have these little fucking things called wild boar ribs. And they're like little kind of little lollipop wings out of control. So good. Mm. See, at least you're, (laughs) I think you would take more shit in Texas for being a vegetarian than being a gay (laughs) guitar player. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think you're right. You still eat meat, dog. You're still a Texan. You're good. Like, you're legit, you know? Yeah. (laughs) You gotta overlook this other stuff. You still eat some brisket. You're right. That's the important part of Texas. Come on. That's so true. Come on. I, I think, I think you should go the other way. I think you should run for like public office in Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like take it, you know? Brittany's a strong woman. I think you guys could do it. Dude, Brittany should run for office. She is. Oh, yeah. You think you'd make a better, you'd make a better first lady? I absolutely would. I'd be like, (laughs) um, like, I don't know. There's something, something like that I do dig about being like, you know, when I get home from the road, I mean, she works in tech and, and she she's like chief of staff at this like tech company, which oh, is like wow. fucking okay. awesome. Like yeah. she's just so great at it. And like I get home from tour, I'm like, I'm going to the grocery store. What do you want? I'm very like housewife, you know? Okay. Like, Here's dinner. Like, what do we want? And so it's kind of fun like um, to get come home and then play that role for a bit and then go out back on the road and be like, all right, let's fucking go. Let's be, you know, you it's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I you think she some, would like be way better at that though. You need some Jackie Onassis like gloves for the house. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Maybe I should just start wearing mittens and see if she says anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, so before we should talk a little bit about music before I lose you here. Um, <laughs> I was listening, you know, to your records before I had you on, which you know I have before, but I wanted to listen to them sequentially, you know, to kind of get a better understanding of the movement. And you know, I think it's cool from 
you know, a song like like Voices Carry, the single, has like a real, to me, like an 80s kind of like Tears for Fears almost thing going on in the music. And then some of the older stuff, you know, I kind of hear like a little more blues rock. And then it's, and it seems like as you go through the years, like the, it's expanding and it, it can be 80s, 70s, 90s. It can be broody. It can be poppy. Like, it's really kind of, I love the fact that it's all over the map. Um, when you're forming these records and songs, is there like things you're listening to that you're trying to get in? Or is this like a total natural extension? Like, um, just like, this is what I'm feeling that day. Or is it, or is it more of a concerted effort to kind of put that mix up in there? Man, it's, it's kind of just what I'm feeling in the moment. Like sometimes I just want to sit down and write like a riff rock song. And then sometimes I want to get on my computer and like, you know, sequence beats on, on like my, my DAW or whatever. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's just kind of what I'm feeling. And it's interesting because I, I don't know, like, I guess I just love different types of music so much that it, it, it is all over the map and um i kind of also have this like f- not i guess i don't know maybe it is a fear of like putting out the exact same music over and over and over again so like that's a good fear to have yeah like i i i don't know cuz i i know i mean when i put on records and and they you know really haven't evolved since the last one that I heard from an artist. Yeah. I, I get a little bummed out. And, mm-hmm. um, but I, I don't know. I think it's just like whatever I'm feeling. And, and the cool thing about like gear for me is that it's so inspiring and it can inspire like such a different vibe. Like for instance, I mean, I'll, I'll play drums on my, my MIDI controller or on my electric kit and you can like choose like, okay, do I want 80s kit or do I want like R&B kit? And then that will spark some kind of thing that I'm not used to. I think think a lot of times I I try and combat writer's block by doing something that I'm not used to doing. And that a lot of times will trigger, you know, a song that is a lot different from one that I wrote before that. Um, so I, I guess that's what, where it comes from is I just want to make sure that I kind of have a little something for everybody, if that makes sense. Um, do you program, do you program all the drums when you're writing? I do write all the drum parts. I I used to program them, but I got, I got this Alyssa's kit and what's cool about it is I'll USB it from the brain to my computer and hook it up to easy drummer so it's like i'll basically be able to trigger electronically Uh, like real drum sounds sure sure because the drum sounds that came with this kit are just utter garbage (laughs) they're so bad dude but um like i mean it sounds like somebody beating trash cans together Yeah, yeah uh but yeah it's just i don't know a lot of times like I mean, you know, as a drummer, you just like to sit down and like 
sometimes it's like I have to get aggression out and sometimes I I just want to write a cool drum part, you know? Yeah, and yeah. then from there it's it's oh there might be a bass line here like oh there might be a guitar part here um but yeah i i i write the drum parts and then I'll, so i'll demo out like every part of a song you know um and then send the wave file to my band and be like hey can we learn this and they'll learn it and a lot of times you know my bass player or my drummer will be like man i think we should do this here and i'm like let's fucking do it like that's cool um that's cool yeah so I I I lay the foundation of everything um, beforehand, uh, but I'm like always open to suggestions because to me it's like whatever makes the song the best it can be, that's what should happen, you know. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. Now, but have you ever like collaborated with people from the ground up, or it's always like you kind of starting the you know, the whole, the, the framework of the song and then like giving it to people. I have done ground up stuff, but I, I really like don't enjoy it. Um, I, I, <laughs> I have enough, to like, yeah. like the thing is like, I, I have to, I guess I have to, like, I love writing with people that I look up to. Um, mm. And in the past, I, I haven't been able to, to do that because of, you know, like connect, like I, I mean, I, I didn't, I wasn't born into like a, a family of um, connected musicians or whatever. And it, it's been very uh, ground up for me in terms of career. Right. Um, so when I do get the chance to write with somebody that I really look up to and really respect, like I love doing ground up stuff with that, with people, but um, you know, like it, I, there's this thing that I, I had to go to called Sync Camp. And have you heard of this? It's like a no. Oh my god, it's like such a bummer. But it's like it's like a publisher will have a camp, and it's basically a week long thing, and they pair you up with a producer oh, and yeah, another writer. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's Sync like camp, right? That's why NK. I got you. Yeah. Oh yeah, Sync for like film and TV yeah. syncs, but like in sync camp. <laughs> I wish it was NC Cam. I'll go to that. <laughs> but, and I, I shouldn't talk shit, but it's just honestly such a bummer um, to do <laughs> because what they do is they sit you down with these two other people and you don't know them. Right. And, you know, for me, like to write a song with somebody that I really like, I have to know them really well because it's yeah. a very vulnerable thing to do. Yeah, very and intimate kind of thing. Yeah. It's yeah. so intimate. And like, you know, you have to shed all the layers of yourself to get to the root of what you're writing about. And doing that with someone that you don't know is very difficult. It's like a one night yeah. stand or something. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm just not that kind of girl. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Low percentage for success. <laughs> for, good, for good sex on a one night stand. I mean, 100%. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> and like... Like so one they, out of 10 times did the, <laughs> the, the right two firecrackers get together. But just, yeah, often it's, it's, yeah. And that's, and, and you're paired up by publishers. So it's right, like almost right. like a hinge, hinge one night stand, yeah, you know, it's like a, an arranged marriage. Or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so you go and what they do is bring in TV producers and fucking music business people who think they know what they're doing, but they don't. 
And they'll be like, all right, we have this scene in this one show on the CW and um, you need to write a song about it. <laughs> it's just like, wow. right. yeah. okay, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that kind of stuff is what I have historically had to do. And that's my experience mostly with writing mm. ground up sure. stuff. But, you know... If somebody like Brian or yourself or like somebody that I really love like to watch and listen to, like that would be so sick to write with somebody I really respect and really love and feel um, like I can really learn from. Like that's the kind of shit that I like to do. And um, so, yeah, but you know, there's all these different aspects of the industry where it's like, sync camp you know well you gotta recoup your advance to do sync camp it's like fuck yeah. man I'm not gonna write a vulnerable song because you want your money back <laughs> like right, right. fuck dude <laughs> like, yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah it's um but it's, yeah it's for, comical sometimes how uh how little the people who sell art know how to make art you know right exactly exactly and it's so frustrating too um but yeah, that kind of stuff got me down for a long, long time. And, but I do, I really, and you know, it's just like going back to things like, like Evan being so positive about stuff. He's like, man, at least we get to play music. Like, I'm like, you're right. At least I get to do this with my life. So (laughs) I do have to like really, you know, combat my negative feelings about the industry. (laughs) Um, with I mean, the positives, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it's real, though. I mean, those are very tangible things to hate. Speaking sure. of Evan, I, I need to connect with him to get his cold brew coffee recipe. He told me he was going to... Dude, yes. Said, you got you to gotta get me in touch. We had a quick conversation about this, and he's like, you do this, and you do this. And, you know, his instructions went out of my ear, like, in 10 <laughs> seconds. And I was like, dude, you got to, like, give me the real... So, Evan, if you're listening, I still want your cold brew coffee recipe. Dude, he'll freak out. He's, I'm so proud of him. He's such an entrepreneur now. He's got like his own menswear shop on the east side and like his own cold brew that he's getting in all these little grocery stores around town. It's honestly it like sense. jet fuel. He's like fucking Getty Lee over there. You I know. know. Like, he does three things at the yeah. same time. Like yeah. Playing shit with your feet. Good job. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Very Getty Lee. I was, he is. I, no, he's awesome. <laughs> um, as far as lyrics go, like, are you, you know, um, is it always song first? Is it ever lyrics first? And like, are you the type of person who like sits down to write in the same kind of place or you're sort of gathering like, you know, thoughts and ideas, you know, as you go through like your daily life? Man, it kind of depends. Uh, I do have, I usually write music first, like, and I really like writing on guitar and bass, like, and a lot of times I'll just kind of like mumble and like say gibberish until words actually come out and start to make sense. But um, there is too, like something that I think is really fun is I've had this like note on my phone for years and it's super, super long. And anything that I find interesting in my daily life, I just write down. Like, um, there's a ton of like, you know, like little phrases, like wor- like words. 
um, you know, things that I hear in movies that are like, oh my God, that's really cool. Like, yeah. um, and if I find myself not being able to think of anything lyrically, like I'll, I'll reference that note and be like, oh, sycophant, what an interesting word. And I'll look it up and be like, damn, that's cool. And then a song will kind of gradually come from that. But it is a cool way to write just having, it's almost like having a safety net, just like a ton of, you know, where like there's like, you know, even passing when I'm on the road, like passing signs of, of towns that I think are really interesting. Like there's a one town in Texas called Truth or Consequence. Oh yeah. And like, uh-huh. that's sick. I'm like, damn, that's cool. So they made a movie out of that. They did? Yeah, I, I, I swear. I'm going to Google it right now to be certain, but I'm okay. pretty sure I've seen a movie with Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, 1997. Oh, it's Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. Oh, it's New Mexico. Yeah. Yes, but, that's it. But yeah, Kiefer Sutherland and Vincent Gallo. It's a weird movie. I got to check it out. Yeah, Kevin Pollack even makes a makes a run in it. But anyway, uh, sorry. Um, no, so yeah. what happens in Truth or Consequences? You get has that wound up in a song? That lie? Not yet. Um, not yet. But I, it's like so crazy though. Like just the things. If you just if you if you keep your ear open throughout the day, like you know, like somebody somewhere always says something really yeah. interesting and. You know, if, even if it's like, if I don't think it's that interesting in the moment, I'll write it down on my note and just keep it. And because you just never know when you're going to um, like read it again and, and like something will pop out of it. Um, hmm. So, yeah, it's a pretty fun way to do things. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I just realized we've had you for an hour, 20 minutes already. So (laughs) I'm going to get to my last fun question. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, there's a lot of love for female rock singers throughout the last, you know, 50 years of rock music, some pretty exceptional uh, rock stars in that group. Mm -hmm. But a little under talked about is the great female guitar player rock guitar player. So give me your top three female rock guitar players of all time. And then currently who you think is the best. Okay. Three of all time. Number one, Sister Rosetta Tharp. Ooh. Um, Okay. Nice. Joan Jett. Mm Mm-hmm. Nancy Wilson. Yeah. Um, group. It's so great. <laughs> and then ones of today. Um, Besides for yourself. <laughs> I would never say myself. <laughs> just be like, oh, a little person I know <laughs> named just, Emily Wolf. <laughs> could you imagine if I said that shit? <laughs> I, would, I, would like, awful. I would like 60% hate it and like 40% respect it. <laughs> I would never. Um, of today, there is a woman named... Yvette Young, who's fucking awesome. Okay. Should check her out. She's a rad guitar player. Um, I don't know where she's from, but she's so killer. And then 
Celise. I love Celise's playing. Okay. Um, who else? I mean, Joan Jett still plays. She's still, still <laughs> she's still on the list for both. Ripping string, dude. <laughs> I know. I get some inside stories. My buddy plays drums for her now. Oh my god! Is it yeah. um Matt? Mc- Mike, Mike McDermott. Mike. Yeah, I follow yeah. him. He's, That's awesome. Oh, uh, he's great. He's a ripper. He was a longtime drummer for the Bouncing Souls. Oh, that's so cool. And uh, yeah, I got the Joan Jett gig years ago. He's awesome. he's so rad. Such he a is. nice guy. He's the sweetest guy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean Lizzie Hale is so dope too. Like she is a powerhouse from Hailstorm. Yeah, dude. Oh, ripping it. Yeah. She's got, also, she's got this signature red firebird out that is so cool. Like, oh, come on. It's nuts. It's nuts. That's awesome. Like, so cool. Oh, I would, I, I checked out your guitar. It's pretty sweet. I love the, um, the Ethels. Oh, the thanks. Diamonds. How long is, have you had that out? Um, so the black one came out in 2021. 20, okay. No, it was 2020. I don't remember. I should know this. I'm sorry. It came out like a couple of years ago. Um, the black one did. And then the white one just came out like two weeks ago. Um, I think you're safe. I don't think the people who hired you from Epiphone are listening an hour and an hour and 25 minutes into the going off track podcast. You can say anything right now, really. Like, and you're safe. Uh, that was funny. Yeah, no, it looks like a really fun guitar. Did you like, like, how do you develop a signature guitar? Do you just, you tell them what you like? Yeah. Um, so they're like, what do you want it to be? Like, we, you know, notice that you play the Sheridan, which I played the Epiphone Sheridan forever. Like, I mean, I still have it. It's like beat to shit because I toured with it. And it's like, it is just ruined from years of abuse. And (laughs) I was like, man, like I love the body type of a 335 style guitar. Right. The headstock on the Sheridan is really exaggerated. Like if we could have you know, if you could, if you could have, have the headstock be smaller and like less intense, like that would rule. Um, they were like, what kind of, you know, fingerboard do you want? What inlays, what kind of, you know, um, I guess configuration for the pickups do you want? And like, I love the pickups in the share. And I was like, just put those in there. Cause nice. honestly, it's like, I, I, I like, you know, semi dark sounding guitars. Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, like I would rather add high end than have too much of it and have to take it out because high end is like such a a piercing thing, especially right. when it's coming out of tweeters and a PA system. It's like right. dude, like um so I I I I like those pickups a lot because they're just very middle of the road like you can do whatever you want with them and and it's like having a hammer in your your toolbox (laughs) and so I get all my tones out of the pedals and um I I was just like let's do a master tone knob because I I never can reach that right fourth knob down there so like take it off you know (laughs) I know I've always taken the tone knobs off all my guitars (laughs) yeah it's like I don't know I just keep everything at 10 all the time you know so um, unless I'm like rolling the volume down for like, like 
you know, just so I'm not blasting people during right. a, a, a softer part of a song or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, it was like, it's, I'm still like pretty blown away that it happened, that that the signature guitar thing happened, like, because I, I don't know. It's like, I, I mean, they came to me when I was very, very unknown and I still don't feel like most people know who I am, which is right. fine. <laughs> Um, but, you know, it's like, it's a slow climb, but I, I'm sure that it's, um, from the outside looking in, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why her? But, um, I, I think I was at the right place at the right time. And then there's also this kind of, um, venture that Epiphone and Gibson are doing, which is really cool to me. It's, they're, they're really trying to lift up, um, upcoming artists instead of, um, you know, people who have already, you know, made it. And so people who don't need free guitars. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like I haven't seen any company do that with yeah. gear. And so it's really cool. And it's 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 honestly like it allowed me to quit my job. I, I worked at a music shop for four years and my rep, Cody, was like, they want you to be the next signature artist. And I was like, holy shit. Like, and you know. It, it, granted, it's not a money maker, but it is. It's enough that I can sustain my life without having that, you know, eleven to seven job. Um, sweet, so sick. I know it's great, um, and it's sick that it's a sweet looking guitar. Like I would dude, definitely play that guitar, dude. I'll send you one. You want one? What color? <laughs> oh, there you go, Brad. No, 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 no! Don't do that. <laughs> That's, See, that's why you, you opened know. your mouth. <laughs> you're, ang- you're angling for free guitars. Oh, no. It's way like, too He's much. like, all right, Benny doesn't care about this part of the interview. Let me go for it. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Brad. Very smooth. Very smooth. That is awesome, though, that they grab younger artists and kind of prop them up. That's such a yeah, such an amazingly it's- annoying part of the music industry is like... How yeah, much of that it. stuff has nothing to do with how good of a player you are. Right. And it's just like, you know, like, was I any worse of a player when Gaslit Anthem wasn't playing? No, <laughs> I was just as good. Yeah. Why are you not giving me free shit anymore? You know, well, it's, I'm better I mean, than it, I was when we stopped. You know that? Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, the annoying part is that they, you know, by the time you start getting the free shit, you don't need it. You know, like, right. that's really what it comes down to. So. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I, I don't know. Drum that. shit's expensive. I could never imagine a time when I didn't need free shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, yeah. how much is one rack Tom? Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? Like, how where much do I is sign? It? <laughs> yeah, this is bullshit anyway. So what's a good pearl rack tom run for these days? Uh I mean, I can tell you. I mean, so the kit I was playing on tour is the first new drum set I've ever gotten in my life. Wow. Um, I've always either gotten used or, you know, like, uh, you know, went through other companies and stuff like that. But it's like the first brand new Pearl kit I ever, you know, I, I have an artist, even in an artist price, my rack Tom costs like $800. And I can imagine... Fuck. Without an artist price, that thing is going up to like about twice as much, probably. Yeah, God. for one fucking drum, Damn. you know. That's no so idea. intense. I know. 
but they, you know, they harvest the wood from another planet. Uh, you know, a barbarian they keep in their basement, you know, forges it. It's all hand forged by barbarians. So, you know, so that's where really the cost comes in, you know. It's for labor, barbarian labor. Yeah, barbarian labor is very pricey these days. <laughs> He's working from his Airbnb, so it's yeah. like <laughs> Joseph Gordon Levitt's basement does not have enough room. You know, it's it's it's, it's bad working conditions. It's tough for these barbarians, you know. But all right, that's a perfect place to end our podcast. Emily, thanks for coming on with us. Dude, yeah. my pleasure. I love talking to you. That was fun. Yeah, so fun. You're fucking so funny. I can't even deal with it. All right. Oh, yeah. Fun chat. Brad, dreaming of brisket and, and <sighs> guitars and inlays. It's a nice guitar. I wasn't blowing it smoke. No, it it's, is nice. I, I like... um. Because I, I definitely, I don't, I, I'm not ne- normally drawn to like super wacky guitar uh, variations. So I like the fact that she basically took a 335, which is a fantastic guitar, and put her little signature on it. And it's like, and it's cool. I do like the F-holes. I think that's cool. What's an F-hole? The hole in the in the body, you know, it's like a sound hole. Oh, yes. And hers, you know, usually they're called F holes because traditionally they're shaped kind of like a script oh, yeah. F. Uh-huh. But hers are diamond shaped, which I think is is cool. Huh? Yeah. Look at it's that. Cool. I never knew that. Thanks, Brad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I can sound impressive to some guitar tech I meet at a festival. Hey, nice F-hole. Be like, oh, yo, killer <laughs> F-holes. What did you do with those? And that dude was a real F-hole. And they'll just go ahead and assume <laughs> that that I knew what I was talking about. I do that when I go to the beach. I, you know, I stay at the same house uh, down at the beach when I go and there's some local people. And I, I believe that they think I'm a fisherman. Oh, no. <laughs> because I just get caught in so many conversations about it. And I never say like one way or the other. I just listen and play along and be you like, don't oh, blow wait. it. Be like, oh, what like lure do you use? You know? <laughs> and then they just go off for like 10 minutes and don't ask a question about you. And I, I think they're under the illusion that I'm like an active <laughs> fisherman. Because you're good at, at smiling and nodding. Basically, just listen. You know, it's it's like, I don't know what year of my life I started doing it, but I do enjoy the exercise of seeing how long you can get people talking without asking you a damn thing about yourself. And it is remarkably long. Yeah, and in most cases, it could go days. Inf- infinity. Yeah, infinity. Because <laughs> no one gives it. Some people just, yeah, they're nice enough, but yeah, right. they don't give a shit. Um, and and to me, it's comical to just like see how long I can do it, you know, right. um, <laughs> seemingly forever. So I don't have your patience, Benny. Huh? I don't have your patience. I love the slow roll. It's funny, you know, because one day, like five years from now, someone's going to be like, oh, you've been a vegetarian for 35 years. You've never gone proper fishing. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. It is true. You told me a lot about fish. Thanks. So good chat with Emily. I appreciate all that time. She's a extremely charming and talented person that I enjoyed being around for a month. 
look forward to, uh, yeah, I mean, playing with her again at some capacity, I'm sure, in the future and all the music she has coming. Lots of tour dates, new tunes. Where's What's her social? You got socials? Yeah, she is at Emily Wolf. She has an E on the end of Wolf. At Emily Wolf Music everywhere, whether that's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you want to find her. And I recommend it because like Benny's saying, stuff's interesting. And um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, we still have our Patreon. We if do. anybody wants to do it, I'm back home and been chatting again. Patreon.com slash going off track. Oh, that's simple. Great branding. Uh, <laughs> really <laughs> we, strong. We can still do that. We, we can, can still, still do branding. Do that. All right. Uh, well, thanks everyone for listening. Seemingly, this will be two hours or so into a podcast at this point. So thanks. Thank you. And, uh, you know, everybody love everybody out there. Absolutely. Even in Texas. Yeah.